0: We don't get to see too much of the Rays around these parts. So how about a three-headed crossover monster? That's right. We're going to talk Twins, Rays, and whatever else tickles our fancy. This is Locked On Twins and Locked On Rays. We're doing a crossover. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host Brandon Warren and you can find me on Twitter, though I don't think that I would, at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E-N. Thanks for making Locked On Twins and Locked On Rays your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube and of course part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A little housekeeping here if you could Hang out with us in the comments. We'd love it on YouTube. Love to ask questions, answer questions, and just kind of get a general feel for the pulse of the fan. Also, too, if you have questions you'd like to uh, ask on the show or have answered on the show, shoot them to me either at uh, Locked On Twins or at Brandon underscore Warren. Hit the email. I actually had one texted to me earlier this season, so that was interesting. Um, But also, too, don't forget to check out – we do a post-game minute after most games, and we wrap each of those – with a stat you won't see anywhere else still trying to figure out mine for tonight so we'll get to that in a little bit here but this episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mlb for twenty dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed twins in the rays will wrap up not only this series but the season series at target field on tuesday it's a 1210 first pitch that is central time so if You're a Rays fan listening on this crossover. It's a 110 first pitch, but it's going to be Dallas Keuchel and Taj Bradley. We'll have a lot of discussion about both of those guys and what has happened so far in this series. But you can catch every pitch of the Twins Hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins or search Rays if you're looking for the Rays guys. Uh, Speaking of the Rays guys, we've got our friends Ulysses Sombrano and Kevin Weiss. How are
1: we doing, guys? Doing well. Thank you so much for having us, man.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate the crossover here. Um, as uh, the headline, though, is probably easy to read from a race standpoint. Painful loss, uh, not just the way the game turned out, but uh, what happened to Yandy Diaz as well, unfortunately.
0: Yeah.
2: Um... <laughs> we yeah. What, what can you say? I mean, we, we want to read the injury report. There you go. Oof. We want to get.
0: We want to be delicate. We don't want to get too testy, and we'll just leave it at. <laughs> that uh one run game twins have seen their share of those but a three-2 victory um so the Rays this year in one run games 18 and 24 little surprising to me twins 18 and 22 so um I, I want to get a vibe though like when the Rays are in these tight games are you guys feeling good about their chances bad does it depend on who's pitching because Zach Lattell going deep into a game, uh, we just saw it recently against Seattle, but ordinarily you'd be like, whoa, I didn't think he'd go that far, and you'd go to the bullpen. But do you guys feel good when it's a tight game late and the Rays are um, you know, trying to hold the lead?
1: I-, I think in the beginning of the season, probably not, because the bullpen was kind of in shambles, especially during uh, May. But it has gotten better lately, and you feel good about guys like Stevenson and Deekman and Fairbanks and – So Poche has had a great season too. So you you feel good about it. The problem is, is like you said, that 18 and 24 record does not uh, breed a lot of confidence, but one run games usually are kind of just heads or tails. So you think that ultimately you're going to end up being 50, 50 Um, time is running out for the race to end up being 50, 50, uh, and they probably will be ending in a negative uh, way. But I I think, yeah, you, you do feel good because the offense can always uh, pop off, but um, it, it's always a shame to to lose these these kind of games, especially mm-hmm. when you're in the seventh inning and you feel good about it and it, it was a tight ball game, and then, hey, two out, single, home run, and then you're given the loss. It, it, it Definitely, like Kevin said, it was a painful one. Do you, do you guys want to hear something crazy? Please. Right now, there
0: have been 1,200 on the nose – one run games this season, mm. so I don't know. With uh, with Twins Rays ending just a little bit ago, I'm assuming that was the 1200th. So, uh, little a statistical note for people to obviously file away and forget as soon as they shut this off. But, um, be,
2: yeah, and I'd be really curious to see who has the best record in one. It's the run Marlins. Game.
0: So it's the Marlins. Wow. They're 30 and 12, uh, which okay. is astonishing. Wow. Uh, but then it's Orioles, Brewers, Braves. Pirates Nationals. Uh, So those two are interesting. Um, But again, yeah, you see a team go 30 and 12 like the Marlins, and it it means one of a few things. Bullpen's good. Pitching is good. Or, you know, just um, a good shake of the dice, as we kind of said. Padres, by comparison, have only played 28 one-run games, which is the fewest in MLB. But they're 6-22, and which is probably a big reason why they're going to be home in October and I don't mean playing ball games. But um let's get back to this game. Uh Rays deprived of win number 90. The horror. The twins aren't even going to get there. Um and then the Rays came in winners of four straight and six of the last seven. Even though this one stings. Uh I feel like you probably have to feel pretty good about how the Rays are playing lately, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just going back to Ulysses' point on Uh, The tough loss that was for the Rays, it certainly does not lend itself confidence when um, you're within one run and Mm -hmm. you roll out Andrew Kittredge and Davinsky and Yandy Diaz is nowhere to be found in the lineup because of the injury that he suffered. And some of the other guys that are absent from the lineup and uh, from the team as well, where, again, those those are pretty um, devastating blows um, when you're trying to uh, battle back from a one-run deficit. So I just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Yeah, and it's it's going to be difficult on a night like tonight with Fairbanks coming off back-to-backs and three of the last four. Uh, Stevenson worked two of the last three. Pochet lose two of the last three. You know, those are those are things that are difficult going into a game, kind of game planning for. And then you get that game flow, and suddenly it's a one-run game, and you're leaning heavily on, and again, like I said, I'm a Zach Littell guy. I covered him yeah. here in Minnesota. He's a good dude. He's, But it's still playing with fire to have a guy who's you know, only been a, a starter in the big leagues for a very short period of
2: time. Um, and yeah, I,
0: he's, he's a tough spot.
2: Yeah, to add to that, and Ulysses, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if Zach Littell yet has the swing and miss intimidation profile of going deep third time in the order to really befuddle uh, the opposition there.
1: Yeah, no, 100%, you're right. And he, when they make contact, it can be loud contact. And so you do get worried. And I, I know he has been a revelation. Like, if you had to make not only, like, oh, a raised revelation of 2023, but, like, MLB revelations of what they've done with Littell this season is just unreal because – Kind of feels like Brandon Drury last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you – know? and the Rays have been doing this on in back to back to back seasons now in 2021 they transformed uh Drew Rasmussen from the mm-hmm. bullpen into a starter then the next year they did Jeffrey Springs and now this year it's it's Littell. uh but even like Kevin said with all the success he's had you still think that he's going to get hit there's not a lot of swing and miss stuff so Seventh inning comes around, it, it was odd not to just at least have somebody kind of doing at yeah. least some stretching or some kind of bullpenning work that, that they could, you know, take him out after that single allowed.
0: Hey, can it can be daunting to the psychology of seeing someone warming up, you know, starting pitchers talk about, does that mean that guy, you know, they have one batter left? Does, does nobody warming up mean you're on your own? I mean, most of the time it has to by definition. But um, that's always an intriguing part of it, too. And I, I mentioned off the air to Kevin and Ulysses. I'll, I'll mention this now, too. Uh, Littell is one of my favorite guys to have covered with the Twins. Great dude. Um, and my favorite little fact about him is that his middle name is Stuart. And so it's like Stuart Little, Stuart Littell, <laughs> when you read his name. Um, his mom thought that was funny when I brought that up. But, yeah, so I, I, I think Littell is great. I think if, uh, if he fits in someplace On a good team that has a healthy rotation, it's probably as a number four, number five starter, but finding those guys off the, I hate to say scrappy because that sounds kind of dismissive and because I like Latell as a person, but to find those guys the way they did, I mean, Boston just cast them aside. that's incredible player development.
2: No, it really is. It's it's just a testament to what the Rays do and how they've turned guys that have been discarded by other organizations or other organizations didn't see the value in what a particular player or pitcher, I should say, brought to the table. And um, with Lattell, I mean, he was you know, scrap heaps probably right. I mean, he was what uh, the, the Rays it's not like they were first on the, the waiver list. They were 28th. Right. So he got through a lot of teams to find his way onto the Rays and credit to the Rays, and him for quickly in-season altering his repertoire and giving him, hey, add a sweeper, add a sinker, and just being able to deploy it within a very short amount of time. I feel like if you're going to add one, two pitches regularly, that's got to be an off-season move or multiple off-seasons move. Mm -hmm. So to be able to pick that up so quickly is really, really remarkable. And um, you don't don't often see guys like that go – I mean, it's one thing for them to – acquire a player and then that player to, to become a a solid um, reliever for uh, a couple months, but to actually, you know, give you six, seven, eight innings, not too long ago in a single start is, is really amazing. And, you know, I I don't know what uh, the career arc or trajectory is for Zach Littell, you know, maybe the Rays are are looking elsewhere after this season, but um, it's, it's definitely a fun, fun story. And and you hope he, he gets a Little taste of success in the postseason as well.
0: Yeah, and it takes a village, especially with a pitching staff, and that's before considering, you know, um, guys getting hurt. You know, you need bodies just to cover those innings, let alone cover injuries. Now, I, I want to get to more about this uh, this game tonight, um, some injury updates, and that sort of thing. But first, we got to talk about our friends over at Sleeper. MLB playoffs are coming up; they're right around the corner, and both of these teams are expected to be in that uh, that realm. But it means the clock is also ticking on your chance to make 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never, ever been more exciting than it is now. you got Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani. Julio Rodriguez is absolutely on fire right now. Uh, you pick more or less on different stats for those guys. So home runs, hits, strikeouts, you name it, um, and you can get up to 100-time payout on sleeper. So if you get your picks right, you can win big. Um, For me, it's fun. You know, if your fantasy baseball team is cooked, and frankly, who not at this point, uh, this is a good way to stay in the game. So again, use the promo code locked on on the sleeper app, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, so I wanted to bring up I don't, again, I, I I wince when I think about Yandi Diaz. Uh, let's talk about Jose Siri first. That's a really unfortunate uh, injury situation. Obviously no intent by Dylan Floro, but his his fastball runs a lot to right-handed hitters. And, and I mean, the fact that I think Siri started a swing against it speaks to the amount the pitch moved. But um, I hate to say it, just tough break at this
1: time of year. Yeah, literally a break and so he's yep. got a fracture right so yep. he's going to be missing he says two weeks because uh series that kind of guy he who is very optimistic the team said three weeks so he could be available for the playoffs uh but like kevin and i were talking about on on tuesday's episode this is a guy who has a lot of swing and miss and he's very wild at the plate so you're telling us that a guy that's going to be missing, let's say, an average of two and a half weeks of baseball, that's timing loss. So if he's already wild at the plate with two and a half weeks lost from baseball activity, what can you expect from him at the plate? The defense is always going to be playing with, with him, and, and and that's going to be great for the for whoever's on the mound, probably Littell when he comes back, right? So. Yep. That's going to be great. But at the plate, what can you really expect from him in the playoffs? And he was a guy that you could fool, make at least uh, make look foolish uh, for yeah. three out of four at bats. And and pitching Ninja would have a, a, just a great time doing videos with him. But that fourth at bat, he could go deep on you and there could be two people on base. And that's why he has 25 bombs um right kevin he's he, he's yeah. in the quarter century mark so
2: yeah which is a rarity for center fielders i mean that does mm-hmm. not uh come around very often especially for race center fielders and we mentioned on our recent episode there's a domino effect because not only are you without siri and the spark he provides with his legs with his arm with his glove and with his power Um, but also who is having to take those reps at center field, Josh Lowe, Luke Rayleigh, guys who aren't, you know, comfortable or accustomed to being center field first guys, which impacts them in some shape or form and the pitching staff as well. It's one thing to have Jose Siri behind you. There's a lot of confidence there. If there's somebody not named Jose Siri behind you. Um, It can cause some some issues and and maybe some maybe you you pitch differently or think differently. Um, Mm -hmm. So it it definitely does have uh, an impact in that respect. Um, I'm I'm not sure the progress of Manny Margot. Now, if Manny Margot was healthy, then that would uh, alleviate some matters. Um, Yeah,
1: Margot has just started his uh, rehab assignment, uh, so he could possibly be back sooner than later, which would be great. Like a hey, you go out. And, and and Margot enters, but still, you're still, yeah. you know, it, it's not like he's in the swing of things. I mean, Triple A right. AAA rehabs can only go so far.
2: Yeah, and that's and, the thing. So it, long. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too with Jose Siri. Like Ulysses mentioned, you're coming back right in the the jump of the playoffs, and you've had limited reps, and you're just not not ready for for the intense action that is. So, I'd expect a lot of swing and miss, and a lot of silly swings. So, um, that is something that. um you have to have a little bit of worry about as well and who you're having to call up and give reps to in place of that more rookies, more young players, but Al oh, Brujan, probably going to get more action. Curtis Mead, as much as we love him. Um, how, how confident are we that he can perform in September baseball, October baseball, whatever it may be. So it, it's a, a really, really uh, huge loss in in multiple ways for sure.
0: Yeah, and Luke Rayleigh filling in in center field, if that name is familiar to Twins fans, it's because he was a tr- Twins prospect for a while. Part of the Kent and my Maeda trade has bounced around but seems to have found a home in Tampa, but certainly not going to bring the defensive value that Siri's going to bring. When we talk about, though, a former Twin, uh, we also have to talk about a former Rays prospect. So Zach Littell starting for the Rays, Joe Ryan Starting for the Twins, and it was kind of a flip-flop, bizarro world there. Where um, four or five years ago, Zach Lattell was pitching in relief for the Twins and doing a nice job, and just a couple of years ago, Joe Ryan was a pitching prospect for the Rays. Do you guys how, how is it? How is that trade viewed? Because Twins fans have this tendency to lament everything. So literally, like if uh, if a pitcher who was here five years ago. As a decent season, as a reliever, uh, people just melt down sometimes. Our, our fans like, eh, it happened. We wanted Nelson Cruz at the time; it's no big deal. Or, you know, how do how do Rays fans process that?
1: Uh, people have for uh, have started to rewrite history uh, because <laughs> of how good Joe Ryan has been and the, the trajectory of uh, Nelson Cruz's career has been after that. Yep. Uh, now it's it, instead of everybody recognizing that most of the fan base was like, wow, the Rays are actually going for it. They're going for Nelson Cruz. They're actually giving up Joe Ryan and, and Drew Strodman. Like, this is unbelievable that they're going for it. People are forgetting that. And now their narrative has changed into, wow, we gave up Joe Ryan for Nelson Cruz, who was washed. And it's like, no, Nelson Cruz was an all-star in 2021. And the race offense was the best it had ever been in franchise history once they made that trade. They were scoring more than five runs a game. So people have started to shift on narrative just because of how good Joe Ryan has uh, has been for the twins and how badly Nelson Cruz's career has, has gone after uh, being with the race. But like Kevin pointed out, it's not like Nelson Cruz was just dead with the race. He was actually pretty productive on the on the power side. Well, and that's yeah, the not- was-
0: well, that's the risk inherent with a trade deadline acquisition is you have a narrow window. So if they stink or just have a tough stretch, that's just baseball. It's the same with a reliever. It's the same with a starting pitcher.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you should feel more confident in getting a guy like Nelson Cruz, who's been there, done that guy and made so many all-star appearances and had the postseason yep. experience as well, that he would at least maybe pick it up in the right moments, which he showed during the, the course and that stretch there that he was able to. I feel like maybe, and Joe Ryan's been a a godsend for sure, but maybe we wouldn't be shedding as much light on the Joe Ryan, former race farmhand situation if Shane McClanahan was healthy, if Shane Boz was healthy, if Jeffrey (laughs) Springs was healthy, if Drew Rasmussen was healthy. I mean, it's It's been a a gut punch of of guys that have gone down and out for one reason or another.
0: Yeah, and you said Margot starting a, a rehab I think in a similar vein, Nick Gordon is doing the same for the Twins, and somebody did the math, and it sounds like the maximum stay on a rehab would put them right around October 4th, so right around the time the playoffs are starting. Now, do you want a guy to go straight from, let's say, AAA to a playoff game? No. Uh, the Twins did it with Alex Kirillov. Actually, that was straight from summer camp to a playoff mm-hmm. game. Um, not great, but uh, 2020 was a wild time. But uh, yeah, so we'll see, maybe, maybe Margo makes his way back. Uh, probably won't be a twins issue because I think as near as I can tell, they're most uh, most certainly going to have to meet the ALCS if they do in the postseason. Um, Curtis Mead though, gets the call uh, certainly under not ideal circumstances, but w- what's your level of excitement for a guy like that? I mean, again, you want to see these youngsters. I'm just as prospect crazy as most, but it comes with a price.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. And you're prospect crazy, then Race fandom really likes you because as Race fans, we are just really prospect hung, uh, gung ho. And we try to say, let's not do prospect hugging here. Let's yep. just recognize that it's going to be very difficult to make it to the majors. But Curtis Mead, a friend of the program uh, for Locked on Race, he, nice. yeah, he's, we're really excited about what he can do with the, with the Bats. Uh, you know, th- the fact is, though, He's been mashing in the minors, has had some limited success before he got sent down to AAA, and now he just gets this call-up. So you don't really know what to expect um, if he's going to just be on fire like he was in AAA after the send-down, but you hope so. But how many at-bats is he going to get? How many? What what does normalcy at-bats look for a guy that just got called up? And and you have an infield that's pretty uh, thick now with Yandi Diaz is he going to be missing some time because he needs yep. to take care of that situation <laughs> I would I would take a day off right. after that right. I think right. you both yeah. will too and so maybe we do see uh Curtis meet in the lineup a, a little bit more uh this week
2: Yeah okay. and that's the yeah. challenge yeah. too is um you wonder and maybe he thinks about it maybe he doesn't just you're replacing Yandi Diaz I don't know for how long hopefully not too long because Yandi right. Diaz is performing like an MVP candidate but the pressure of you're filling the void you're replacing Yandy Diaz an all-star, an MVP candidate, all these accolades similar for Basabe who has been replacing Wander Franco for the last um, several weeks month plus, whatever it is but I will say this about Curtis Mead and and I think eventually he'll, he'll find his spot and he'll be an everyday player I don't know if it's going to be early next year late next year 2025 whatever it may be but just based in what i saw from last night's game or this past evening's game um man he's got some quick hands really quick hands with the bat which um, is something that uh, can't be taught um so i don't know how much it's going to translate into hits extra base hits home runs at this juncture but uh, he's got the makings of becoming a really good player. And when we've had him on the program multiple times, um, you can just hear the passion he has for the sport and wanting to represent his country in a positive way in the diligence and attention to detail on wanting to be the absolute best that he can, be it taking coaching, taking notes on every at-bat, gets into the weeds on um what he's doing well and what he can improve upon like i think he's sort of that modern analytics player of i want more information i want better information i want it all to determine how i can uh to to be at my best potential basically
0: yeah and every player is gonna process that information differently you can have overload and some guys just want all of it, but can shut that off at the plate. I kind of feel like Joey Votto might be that kind of guy, mm-hmm. but um. But I digress. We do have to talk about our friends over at Game Time. If you've been stressed looking for tickets, if that Rays game is sold out, and I'm not kidding, maybe a playoff game, maybe late in the season, uh, or a Twins game, if you're stressed out, Game Time is the way to go. Download the Game Time app, or you can go to GameTime.co, not .com, .co. But again, you shouldn't be stressed out buying tickets to a game. It's a game. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be enjoying yourself, whether it's spring, summer, early fall, all that fun stuff. So if you're in Minneapolis and you want to go to a concert, a show, or if you're in Tampa, St. Pete area and you want to go to something like that, this is the app for you. It's the place for last minute ticket deals. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same area the section and row game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference it's just two taps in your set quick quick situation here tickets sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email you can snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app Create an account and use the code LOCKDOWNMLB On MLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms do apply. But again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB. That's all caps, one word for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So we talked off the air about the raise without Wander Franco, and they're 18 and 9, third best record in that. Stretch. I think the Braves were one of the teams ahead of them because the Braves are nasty and you can't, I mean, whatever. They're going to be a, a formidable foe in October on the NL side. But the Rays have stemmed the tide pretty well. And I just wanted to float that out there in case there were Twins fans wondering if they can hang as uh, as we get towards October. Now, I do want to turn this on its head, though, because as a crossover, there are going to be some Twins fans being like, well, what the heck? Why don't we talk about the Twins? When you look from a Rays standpoint, what do you see when you see the Twins, the 2023 Twins, the Twins who have scored nine of their ten runs against the Rays this year via home run, assuming the broadcast was correct. I didn't fact check it, so I'm
1: hoping it's true. Um, What do you guys see when you see the Twins? That's a good question. I I feel like, and I've said this before, so I can't just uh, go back on my word. I, I feel like the Central Division's, are the weakest in MLB. AL Central and yeah. NL Central. And now the Twins are doing what you're supposed to do. It's just choke everybody out. Finally. And yeah, well yeah, right? And so they're they're taking advantage of of, of of that and you know, maybe less so this year because of the the scheduling being a little mm-hmm. bit more balanced and you don't have as many games against the The Royals and the Chicago White Sox, who, by the way, I I mean, you might feel a little bit more harsher on on this subject because they're your interdivisional rivals. But I just do not understand how the national media has just fallen in love with the Chicago White Sox for the last three years. And now they're like, oh, yeah, maybe they do. They're they're not that great. It's like, yeah, they they haven't ever been. They haven't ever been. Not Um, since like 2005 when they won the World Series.
0: Then it's been a death march.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I digress on my Chicago White Sox Rams. No, but still they're bad. They're hashtag bad. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Um, but no, I, I feel like the twins are just a sensible team. I, 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 I would expect more from Carlos Correa, maybe from of the course. outside looking in, I feel like yep. that has been an underwhelming, um, uh, performance for him this year. But again, like you don't know what's going on in a guy's head and and his, uh, surroundings, So that, that they're a Solid ball club. I feel like in a playoff round, they can do some damage, but in the long run, they're not a
2: powerhouse. I feel like in the American league. And I would agree with that again, not to crap on the twins or anything like that, but I'd be curious to see what their record would be. If you uplifted them, stick them in the AL East, what would their record be right from that point of view? I mean, the AL
0: they've played up to the level of teams. The problem is they live like lost the season series to Detroit. Um, they've just had some spots where you're like, what is this team doing? And then they win the season series against the Yankees who, again, I know the Yankees have been not the all caps Yankees this year, but they've been such a thorn in the twin side that it's like, whatever, maybe if you can carry this into October, you can play to the level of Seattle, Toronto, whoever you end up facing and then hopefully moving on. But um, as we're all well aware Twins haven't won a playoff game since I was in my first year of college. Yeah. Now, uh, we're coming up on the season and series, season series and series finale. It's going to be Dallas Keuchel and Taj Bradley on Wednesday. It's a 12, 10 p.m. first pitch. Uh, what are you guys looking for as the Rays prepare to shut down the regular season? Because in the most recent episode of, uh, of Locked On Twins, nice little plug for us here. Um, I, I did, I hashed out six different things the Twins need to figure out. They need to get their bullpen lined up, get everybody healthy. Uh, the rotation getting healthy or lined up shouldn't be hard with the lead they have. You just kind of, whatever. But, you know, it's figure out if Byron Buxton's going to help you. get. Can you get Carlos Correa off his feet enough to, uh, you know, get him where he needs to be in October? Um, they need a couple youngsters to get out of their funks. Those were Eddie Julian who homered tonight. Matt Wallner, who had a hustle double tonight. So maybe a little bit of power suggestion there. But the, the moves the Twins need to make, I covered those. I want to know, what are you guys looking for for the Rays, who are uh, 22.0% chance to win the division before tonight? They're hanging around, but they're not in the catbird seat.
2: Uh, well, one thing that... I'll just throw out there and Ulysses, you can elaborate on this. If you want, I want to see more Renee Pinto hitting like this is what we should be. Hey, you, you talk about calling up and not prospect hugging and seeing, Oh, can, can Curtis Mead make an impact right away? Can another player make an impact right away? We're seeing that from Renee Pinto. So can he hold it up? Can he sustain it for the long term? I don't know, but what we're seeing right now with the power in the up the middle, um, a little bit the other way approach, I'm loving it right now. And I know that um, his career numbers in the minors are, are solid. Um, Not as good as what he's showcasing here, but maybe this lends a little bit more insight into uh, the move that the Rays were willing to make with Francisco Mejia.
1: Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, Kevin and I have this thing that uh, I give my Venezuelan players, the Venezuelan bump. So Rene Pinto being Venezuelan, I will give him the Venezuelan bump. yeah, exactly. I enjoy, I enjoy what he's doing, uh, and it was a head-scratcher when Francisco Mejia was, was um, let go, and obviously he's still now with their organization, but if this is what Rene Pinto, if, if this is what they saw in Rene, well, then it makes sense. Uh, he, he's been doing great, but I kind of want to turn it around and ask you about Dallas Keuchel. Did you ever see this happen? Did it go? did it, was it something that people were asking for? I doubt. And how are you handling his performance as a twin? People were
0: ticked when the twins didn't sign him back when the White Sox did before 2020. And it was kind of like the writing was on the wall. He wasn't that good with Atlanta the year before. Um, Again, not going to strike anybody out tons of grounders, but he just was nowhere near what he had been at his peak in, in Houston. And again, Cy Young winner, of course, you're not going to be at your peak the whole time. But uh, just the way the bottom fell out last year, you know, it felt a little bit Madison Bumgarner-esque to me, not from an attitude standpoint necessarily, because I don't know where Keiko stands there, but just kind of, uh, all right, this has run its course. It's a lefty who can't get the velocity up there anymore, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, when they signed him, it was just kind of like, meh, see what happens. The rotation was. Healthy, uh, notwithstanding uh, Tyler Malley, who's missed much, most of the season. Mm. Kento was out for a little bit, but has come back and been a little better. Uh, well, he struggled of late. But it wasn't like a need. It wasn't an obvious need. Then Bailey Ober hit his innings from previous years. So they've kind of shuffled him around to keep those innings down. And it's opened up a spot for Keichel. Um, The numbers aren't pretty in the sense that, I mean, the ERA is almost five. He's still getting his grounders, but he's not striking anybody out you kind of feel like the other shoe could drop any time now, but the twins had Bartolo Cologne on kind of a little run like this a few years ago. And, um, the fever for, for Keuchel isn't as much as it was for Cologne, believe it or not, but there's a very similar vibe. Um, he's the kind of guy that ticks you off because it's, uh, it's like every fan base hates their third base coach and are convinced they could do a better job. Um, (laughs) This guy's throwing 87 and, and just kind of cutters and cutters and sliders and whatnot uh, sinkers. He looks like you could hit him. And so it drives fans crazy. Every fan is convinced a lefty who throws 88 just crushes their team. So I'm kind of hoping that's what's the case tomorrow. Um, you guys already got your four wins. You got your season series. Maybe Keikel can uh, stymie the Rays offense for a little bit. And who knows? Um, I don't wish this, but a guy like that can mess with your timing when you're coming up on a big series against the Orioles. So it's it's all going to be part of the, the equation. I'm curious to see how it uh, plays out, pans out.
2: Yeah. It's funny uh, on Dallas Keuchel, the repertoire is spot on, but if you were to look at Dallas Keuchel, just me anyway, I would say this guy's throwing 97, 98, the, the yeah. way he looks with the beard and the muscular builds like this guy must be just a, an unstoppable force, unhittable in that respect. Um, And really his counterpart in this uh in this wrap up game, Taj Bradley. I'm just hoping he doesn't give up three, four home runs like we've uh, seen uh, time and again or multiple times this season. Mm-hmm.
1: You want Taj to just kind of have a good, solid start. He's a young guy. You want if he's taking his licks, like let it be, you know, In the past, you know, you want you want him to just start getting some some good outings in in, in the future and present. So hopefully that's what happens with Tosh. But I I would be on the lookout uh, for, you know, Royce Lewis from the outside looking in like that guy is just he is he's got he's a talent, man. And he might be the the next superstar wearing a a twins uniform. He's so good.
0: Uh, Well, if you want some encouragement, uh, very similar game in the end of the Mets series. So twins took two of three, but were shut out 2 zero in the final game of the Mets series before the race came to town. And Tyler McGill came in with an ERA over five. Uh, The numbers were not great recently. And he shut the twins down for five innings, four walks, two strikeouts. um, So not like he had them eating out of the palm of his hand, but they were over 10 with runners in scoring position. And they gave up, uh, I think a two run double to DJ Stewart late that was the difference. So it's not all for naught. uh, may not seem like the best, uh, pitching matchup, but you know, it doesn't always have to pan out that way either. I mean, the, the twins, um, they won a game started by Kodai Senga where it was Keiko on the other side. You never see these things coming. Um, it's absolutely incredible. Um, to think of what else I had for you guys, oh, if uh, if we'll, we'll close with this, unless you guys have anything for me, but if there was a raise hitter who was gonna go on and a Rosa Arena postseason type heater that we saw three four years ago, whatever it was, uh, initially I was thinking maybe it'd be Curtis Mead, but you guys have kind of sold me on Pinto, and I mean, I saw him hit a homer obviously on uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, who is that guy though? If the if the Rays are gonna have someone go off on a heater um and there's a lot of candidates luke Rayleigh, i mean good player but if he just blows up and has a couple good series um you know we saw what it did for rosarena who do you think could be that guy for the Rays this year
1: i think maybe um i'm taking kevin's pick or maybe he's just going to agree with me it's this guy can't see me isaac paredes mm. nice I mean, he is just <laughs> unbelievable he might be top five top three third baseman in all of major league baseball in 2023 and nobody is talking about him except for us unlocked on race uh he has just been fantastic He's a he's going to be a 30 homer 100 rbi guy he's barely 24 uh he i mean this is just a great talent and he has gone on runs for like two weeks two and a half weeks where he will just tear the cover off the ball so if you're looking for that candidate for October baseball, Isak
2: Paredes could definitely be that guy. Yeah, I'll give a 1A, 1B. 1A or 1B could be Isak Paredes, the way he crowds the plate and pitchers still throw him in and he turns and burns on it. And yeah, not only one of the most productive third basemen, but one of the most underrated players in all of baseball, I would say at this time and Juncture. Um, Another guy I'd throw out there, if we can't pick Randy Rosarena, that'd be maybe my obvious choice. But Josh Lowe, I think, uh, maybe deserves some love. I feel like maybe we haven't or or just um, the the fan base haven't given him as much uh, kudos for what he's done this season um, just in what he can do in all aspects of the game but uh, yeah. what we've seen from him is his approach at the plate he can handle anything uh, fastball off speed breaking ball he can adjust a swing he can uh, just to different pitch types and pitch shapes and um, he can change the game. He, he doesn't seem like a guy that um, shies away from the spotlight either. So that'd be another one I'd throw out there too. And, and,
1: yeah. and, and Brandon, it, let's turn it around on you. Who would be that guy for the, twi- for the Twins? Yeah, I was going to jump
2: in. I mean, uh, bringing
0: up Royce Lewis is a good one. Um, it, it's hard to justify him though. You know, he's a former number one pick and every, you know, he's been a top prospect. So I think he'd be the guy just because he, he's like the pulse. He's like the backbone on this team right now, which is hard to believe on a Carlos Correa team and a Byron Buxton team. But it's just like, he gives them a whole nother element. Um, it's, he's like what a hot, healthy Byron Buxton can do. Um, but if they were going to have someone, maybe that people aren't thinking about um, it would either be Edward Julian, who homered in the Tuesday game, um, great plate discipline, just a real pass top of the order. He's been taking too many called third strikes. That's really been driving people crazy. But um, the discipline numbers have been incredible in the minors And if you want to do anything in October, it's pollute the bases. So either him or I'm gonna say Alex Kirilov, a uh, good hitting prospect who's gonna get probably plenty of time at first base in October. Hopefully, they'll face a bunch of righties so they don't have to shield him. But for me, it kind of comes down to that. Now, I did want to ask too: um, Do you think Willie Castro and Isak Paredes ever get together and laugh about the Detroit days and just how uh, how uh, what might have been if Detroit had realized what they had in those guys? Granted, I know Willie's not a stud, but uh, yeah. he's a really nice role player for a team that's going to the playoffs. That that's not nothing. Uh,
1: organizational corporate culture matters, man, yep. and yep. and the environment matters, and that's why. You see a lot of that happening. If a, a new uh, scenery for a guy can do wonders, and some people just, we're in this age of analytics, which again, awesome. You get more information. That is great. You you can't only look at one side of the puzzle, but it seems to me that now with all of these new stats that people are looking at and putting a name to, mm-hmm. uh, they are forgetting that these aren't just like computer chips they're right. just or or you know a numbers on a spreadsheet they're just human beings and sometimes who you who you're in contact with uh, uh in a workspace because that is their workspace that yeah. matters to them and how they're going to perform and i'll also
2: say on the flip side of that or or along with that um it's not like the tigers just gave um isak parties away i mean they they got Austin Meadows, a 30 homer, hundred RBI guy in return with expectation that he could continue to provide that level of production. Alas, that has not been the case, but also, you know, maybe it was just, well, maybe giving up, giving up on him a little bit too soon, but when he made his major league debut and got his first taste of action, he was 21, 22 years old. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just need a, a couple more seasons under your belt to really, find your footing and find yourself. So um, it, it also could have been a case of that as well.
0: That's the beauty of the game, but it's also the pure frustrating factor. Um, The game is predicated on failure. And so how you manage that failure, how you learn from that failure and all that. Uh, And I think that's lost on a lot of fans that um, successes should be celebrated, but failure happens. So, uh, mm-hmm. that's my philosophicalness to end the show.
2: Yeah. And, um, and those, and guys like that, when you're, you know, you never experienced failure when you were playing high school ball, right. when you're playing right. travel ball growing up, you know, you turn 20, 21 for the first time. And it's like, wow, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was at this. And I need to learn mm-hmm. how to deal with those trials and tribulations. And not everybody deals with it the same way. Um, you know, not, uh, yeah, not everybody can can be a guy that just, um, you know, wipes the, the strikeout, you know, wipes it away and says, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll get him next time. I'll get him next at bat.
0: Well, every play has a winner and a loser, and sometimes your best doesn't beat their best. So um, we just have to keep that in mind, but guys, thank you so much for Ulysses and Kevin. You can see on the screen, their Twitter handles, but Kevin Weiss underscore, and then Sombrano Ulysses, um, I'll let you spell that for the listeners just so I don't mix it up.
1: Zambrano <laughs> with an S not like Carlos Zambrano. So Sombrano with an S and then U L I S E S.
0: So I did spell it right on the graphics. I'm pretty proud of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so with that, it's been great chatting with you guys. I wish they played more often so we could do this more often, but again, thank you so much for your time. Follow those guys. Uh, what's the locked on Rays tag on Twitter? Is it at locked on Rays? Correct. Okay. Twins are at Locked on Twins. I'm Matt Brennan underscore Warren. Thanks for making us your first listen every day, whether it's Locked on Rays, Locked on Twins, Locked on MLB. We love having you here. Make sure to check us out. I'm going to be doing a crossover with Sully on Wednesday after the Twins Rays series wraps. Always a fun time talking to Sully, so check that out out but with that said subscribe like give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you are listening on or watching give us a thumbs up or a subscribe or both on youtube with that said this is brandon warren signing off saying thank you so much and don't forget to stop by tomorrow